we're back to the Neil Haley show and health and wellness, such two important topics. If you add them in so many different ways, and it, it's how you bring your happiness because if you're not feeling healthy and you're not feeling healthy and happy, you're not going to be happy. So I'm excited to welcome the program. My guest, Liz Fabini. Liz, thanks for stopping by. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. How are you? Good, good, good. And when you talk about getting off the fence, you know, so many people don't take an emphasis in health and wellness, right? They don't right. see it as an important part of a checklist of things that they do on a daily basis. Absolutely. And um, a large body of those folks are really aware that they, they need to do something, but it's just this vague, I'll get to it in the future, not realizing the future self has no more time than the present self. Exactly. Then that's, that's a hard thing, right? Because, because they, they want to live in the moment, right? Well, I'll, I'll eat healthy now, or I'll, I'll exercise now, or I'll start to watch what I'm eating or, or, or sleep more, but no, no, I'm in the moment now. I'm just going to live life. Right. Well, and it's a lot of people are thinking, Right. Not right now. I, I'm going to do A, B, C, D. I know I got to do it. I'm going to do it um, tomorrow, next month, on an even number day. And they hit whatever that start point is and suddenly realize I'm just as busy as I was when I planned this, dead, this start point to begin with. Um, what do you do about that when you continue to kick the can down the road. We have an epidemic of procrastinators, people who've lost the ability um, or even the, 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 the clarity around how to re-grab and take that, the wheel, their wheel back of their own life. Um, it's simple to do and people make it harder, make it out harder to be than it is. And that's where I come in. Okay. I, li I really like that fact. So what steps would you offer to get off the fence? What should we do? Well, it's a fairly novel thing. And we uh, at Five Seasons Health, my organization, fiveseasonshealth.org, we are starting a membership club and it's called Gutsy People. It's the Gutsy People Club. Easy to remember, easy to find, gutsypeople.club. It's a membership um, we're launching it in a few weeks and it's seven bucks a month, cancel any time. And you get all access to high dollar podcasts, resources, um, mentors and peers. And we focus, believe it or not, on the gut, um, our second brain. Why the second brain? Pardon me, and I'll just forgive me if this is something very clear to everyone else, but many of us don't understand. Um, there is just wild and emerging science around our gut. And if we can get our gut uh, moving along, happy and healthy, the rest of our life falls into place. And our lack of clarity around, around what our goals need to be first, second, third, fourth, on our personal pathway to health become crystal clear. Wow. It, That's these are, sure. Yeah. 
I was just going to add, I was, that's okay. No, no worries. I was going to add that. Yeah, that's so true because our, our personal health, the gut, and what can we do to look at our other brain and make sure we're treating it right? Well, first you have to appreciate it, right? You have to understand why is it more than just the tubes that move things from our mouth to the back door? Um, and so what, what's happening in between? It's involving your mood, your hormones, your energy, uh, your happiness, and the world we live in today from multiple streams, whether you were C-section, vaginal birth, uh, on antibiotics as a kid, or even twice in your entire lifetime, um, highly stressed, there are so many factors that your gut will shift its, its inner world and get way out of kilter. This is, it sounds complicated. It's not, it's exciting. It's fascinating. And the biggest aha most people get that interests them in figuring this out to, to uh, fire them up and hop off that fence towards their wellness journey, theirs, is recognizing that uh, between 70 and 90% of our serotonin is generated by our gut. So if your gut's, you know, falling apart and um, asleep on the job, you're not a happy camper and you are not motivated. So true. And so the best place is, I guess, is go to your membership site, right? To learn more about it and, and to work on the things, the resources you have available. We can really look at treating our gut better, right? And get yep. off the fence. Yep. I, I, right now, I like people to go to gutsypeople.club, spelled as it sounds, G-U-T-S-Y-P-E-O-P-L-E dot club. Sign up, no money right now. You're gonna uh, fill out a simple form, your name, your email, and you're gonna be notified when we launch. Uh, if you wanna talk to me right away and hear more, or you're someone who already knows what you wanna do, you're ready to make a change, you've made that decision, go to talkwithliz.org, book a time with me and let's figure out where you wanna go. I'll help you get there. Well, thanks again, Liz, for coming on the show. Best of luck and uh, really have to think about and do some more research and check out the website to, about our gut and am I really treating it well? So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're bye listening, bye. watching the Neil Haley Show and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show and our topic today is employee engagement. And I think in a lot of ways that if you are not engaging with your employees, if you're not providing a positive work environment for them, you're really going to miss the ball and they're going to, they're not going to work for you for a long period of time. They're going to find the next best thing, or they're going to decide not to work at all. So you want to provide a place for, for, for employees that they feel valued. And that's where I think we're going to end this conversation. And Linda, as I have worn both hats as an entrepreneur and working for somebody else, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Lord, uh, Linda Jordan to the program. But Dr. Linda, when we talk about this topic, it's really a big problem when your man upper management and owners do not see the value of having engaged employees in their company, right? Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, with all that has happened in the past year and a half of COVID and 
uh, changes in work structure, people working from home and now just trying to get back into the workplace. Um, it's, it's very concerning. And so employees are feeling like they have not been heard. You know, some are willing to go back into the office, but some are still a little leery because not knowing who's all had their shots. But even before the pandemic, you know, leaders need to have conversations with their staff and be more genuine and let them know that they care about them as a person. And that's really when employees become engaged, when someone knows that someone, a leader cares about them. Yeah, that leader caring about them is so important. Like I've been with companies back when I've worked and if they believe that you have an entrepreneur mindset and you want you to grow in the company, you want them to have certain ownership, develop feedback, grow with them. But if they feel that they're stagnant, they're out, right? Dr. Oh, yeah. Long. Yeah, they're out because their voice is not being heard. So, you know, you know, Sally over there may have tried to make her opinion be heard and someone, you know, you know, they just said, oh, no, we're not going with that. So they kind of, you know, slapped her down and then they now pull away and they no longer want to participate because they're like, well, no one's going to listen to what I have to say. So so that's, you know, it's, it's very concerning. Um, I think it's getting to be um, more uh, we're having more of that in the workplace right now because people are wanting to to work, have more flexible work options. And so that's a challenge because leaders are now trying to figure out how to have those conversations because you just can't walk down the hallway and see that person anymore. You have to go on Zoom or whatever platform you have and bring them into the conversation. And that makes it really challenging. And especially the virtual world that we live in, if, the, if the, everyone are back to work or back to certain situations, but they've learned from that time being at home or being laid off or different things. Why, why should I work for another company? So there's, if they're going to work for another company, they're going to want specific things, uh, Dr. Linda. So can you explain some of the things that, that people who want to continue to be employees are looking for on a regular basis so that the employers understand I have to really hit those areas or I'm going to lose these employees either to working for another company or working for themselves. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So most importantly, people, they want to know, first of all, that they have a safe place to go to work. So if they bring about concerns that someone's going to listen to them, they won't feel that, you know, oh, I can't say this because I'm going to be, you know, retaliation might occur. So they want to feel that they're in a safe place. Secondly, they want to know that um, someone cares about them. You know, when I was in corporate, I would take the time to go by my staff's desk to say, good morning. How are you doing? How did your evening go? So they want someone to know, they want to know that someone cares about them. But secondly, thirdly, they want to make sure that, you know, as they are improving and increasing and developing um, in the workplace, that they want to know that there's an opportunity for them to get to that next level. But also, like you said before, you know, making sure that they are, they have a seat at the table, that they feel like they're not really an owner of the company, but they are feeling like they are part owner, you know, not necessarily from a stockholder perspective, but their opinions are valued. And some of those opinions that they share are potentially implemented. So they can see that, yes, I have a seat at the table and my opinion counts. And that their salaries can increase, right? If the salaries- Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> They're out because they can say, I could go make this as an entrepreneur. And that's the thing. So, Dr. Linda, what are you seeing of the people now that have decided not to go back to the workforce? When you study this stuff and you look at employee engagement, so many people, they call it, we call it the great reset, right? So many people yeah. are, are looking now to work for themselves or do a couple side hustles and forget about that nine to five job. What do you say? Is that going to continue or do you think, how can employees bring people back? 
Well, I think um, employees can bring people back, first of all, by just having the conversation. But yes, to answer your question, I do see that, you know, the younger generation, the millennials, they're the ones right now who are wanting to be that, have that entrepreneurial spirit. They're wanting to start their own business, you know, from whatever the case may be, you know, food trucks to um, marketing. They're, they, they're, they don't, they're not afraid to take a risk. So what we see more now in the workplace are more baby boomers, more people like me who are now back in the workforce because the millennials are doing their own thing. And so that's the struggle. And that's why we see a lot of places right now. Places are open, but they have limited seating. And it's not always because they're being, you know, COVID friendly, but it's because they don't have any, any employees there. So in order to get people back to work, they've got to make some changes. Wow. They've got to be more flexible. You know, they've got to listen more. And of course, you know, sometimes you may have to pay a little bit more, but the bottom line is people want to be heard. They want to know that their their opinion counts. They, you know, if, if they're a single parent, they want to know that, yes, I can go back to school and still, you know, take care of my kids, but the company is there to help support me. And that's really what they want. So what, so what kind of companies do you work with for employee engagement? So I work with um, lots of various types of companies, but right now what I'm working with is entrepreneurs, um, large and small businesses, and a lot of nonprofits. So what I do is I bring employee engagement into the workplace. We talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because that's at the tip of the iceberg. So the nonprofit world's getting you back and understanding in the nonprofit world what's happening in the food industry world and the places where we can't find workers. And that's that would be something you could go on a ton of shows on, Dr. Leonard, why people do not want to be in the service industry anymore, why they don't want to work a you know basic first job. They're not right. willing to do it. And it's because of the entrepreneur boom set. It's also about the side hustles. Why am I going to go work for where I'm not loyal? How, do we ever, are we going to constantly see this? Is this going to be, or can we bring that, bring it back? Because I think that's the biggest need right now. If we're talking about, if you're going to the grocery store, if you're going to a restaurant, if you're going to certain places, you just, they just can't find that they're, they're overworked and underpaid and there's not enough. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we all see that in, in the health industry, you know, with nurses and, and I praise all of them for the work that they're doing um, because they're working long hours because, you know, they don't have anyone to cover that extra shift. I think over time, as you know, this pandemic, the COVID issue settles down a little bit more, I think things will slightly change just a little bit. But that entrepreneurial spirit will still be there for the ones who are successful. You know, being a business owner is not an easy job. And, you know, some people think it's easy, but it's not. So they may find themselves or we may find that people are doing um, a nine to five, but still doing that side job or that side hustle until they can walk away from that nine to five. So I think it's going to be a hybrid mix until things kind of level out. All right. So, Dr. Linda, best place we can find information on you, especially when you're looking at employee engagement for your company of who you work with on a regular basis, which is our entrepreneurs, startups, different places like that. Where can people connect with you? The best way for people to connect with me is to go to my website, which is www.lindajordan.com. No relation to Michael. Most people spell it with an A. Uh, but that's the best way for people to connect with me or they can send me an email at linda at lrj-consulting.com. All right. Appreciate you coming by. It was a really good conversation, but I think that if you're looking to get on a ton of TV shows, especially local TV, if you can talk that topic area, 
Trust me, right. you get on every local TV show across the country when it talks about the biggest situation, the Great Reset. I really right. believe the topic of- Well, thank you, Neil. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so welcome. much for having You're me. You're welcome. Take care. Thanks again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to The Neil Haley Show, and this is one thing as a solopreneur slash entrepreneur slash different things, I make the mistake, and I- and working constantly. It seems like it never stops. And especially today with these uh, yeah, marathon of interviews, but it's not an everyday where I'm just book solid, but those days do happen, especially Fridays as entrepreneurs know. And then somehow we get caught up in things and say, where did our day go? Did we really accomplish anything? Well, my guest today is going to tell me how I can improve, but also many other business owners. Christina Coyne, thanks for stopping by, Christina. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me today. All right, tell me your background and we'll get into the topic. Sure. So I've been working for, you know, many years uh, with large organisations to help them make things easier for their staff and deliver better service. And I'm now taking that to much smaller businesses who, you know, really are the backbone of our economy, both in your country and in mine. I'm in Australia. Um, and they really... Uh, doing an awful lot of work, a lot of which they don't need to do, that they could actually make life easier for themselves and their staff and deliver a better outcome for their customers. That's fantastic. And I think that's important, but I would like no strategies and tips to do that because we all try to, to you know, hire a couple extra people. We all try to uh, make things, systemized things, but we sometimes just miss the mark and we still work a ton. How do we stop that? You know, cause we always want to put the, the best effort into our work. We want to put the best effort into our management and then somehow we, oh, we burn ourselves out very quickly. Right. Absolutely. You know, and so one of the, the first things to do is to actually be able to step back and look at, the business as a whole and what's happening in the business and who's doing it without actually being in it. And I hate that cliche of working on your business, not in it, but you actually do need to take that step back and be able to see it as a whole because that then will tell you, okay, well, this is happening over here, but it's actually being caused by something that is happening in a different part of the business by someone else. And you can only see that when you take that step back and not actually look at the individual problem. You've got to see what's, what's happening around it and really work out what's causing it. That's, that's so important. And that means you really look at your SOP, right? What you're the operations are, the time it takes for those things to be taken care of, the amount of time it takes to do payroll or, the, or, or budgeting, the amount of time it takes to plan, do your calendar, not just the activities that are the revenue producing activities. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the word SOP, standard operating procedures. So many businesses that I go into don't have any of those standard operating procedures or they don't have training. Now, these don't have to be really difficult to set up. And, you know, certainly I don't know about you, Neil, but I actually hate 
SOPs. I know they're really important, but if you can give me, you know, really basic step by step and not, you know, put all this flowery language around it and make it 10 pages instead of half a page, um, I'll read half a page. And, you know, when you're making things really short and succinct, guess what? Your staff actually follow it. If you give them a 10-page document, they're unlikely to read it. But short, sharp checklist, do this, do this, do this, you're much more likely to get the result that you want from people. That's fantastic. And that's important what you talked about before is that the, the SOP is so important in this process. So once you go and sit down and really see what you're doing in your business, are you going to look at your productivity versus your, um, again, I guess, ROI of the, the revenue versus productivity and all those things when you're going through and evaluating how your business is being run? Uh, yes, but it's also looking at where the bottlenecks are, you know, where do things, where are you always getting the issues, you know, so absolutely ROI is really important, but you're, you're needing to make sure that your work flows smoothly because that will actually give you better ROI than if you've got bottlenecks and issues that are happening in your business. So you're looking to identify where those things are. And then you can, you know, really quantify stuff by improving those bottlenecks, reducing those. Um, you know, it's like when you're trying to get the tomato sauce out of the bottle and it all just sticks in the neck. You need to, you know, change how you're holding the bottle so that the tomato sauce actually flows out. All right. So based on that, what advice do you offer them for people to look at right now to you talked about? Coming, looking at the SOP, taking time to really sit back and look at your business. But is there anything else right now that a business owner could do to evaluate themselves to see if they're on the right track or that can really automate their business and make it better? Uh, well, one thing that they can do that will contribute to all of those things is actually get their staff involved in decision-making. Because when it's only you who's looking at things and considering things, you've only got your perspective but your staff are also working in the business and I can guarantee they'll have some ideas of things that can help. So get your staff involved in these discussions uh, and you'll get, you know, way more heads than just one and you'll get a better outcome by getting your staff involved to help you look at the business as a whole. All right. So best place we can connect with you, Christina, where can we find more information on you and learn more about you? Sure, that's my website, christinacoin.com. Christina is spelled with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, and coin is with a C, C-O-Y-N-E. Awesome. And I think that what you're talking about such an important thing that each business owner, so you don't you work with entrepreneurs, startup companies, there's a variety of people, right? Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, thanks, Chris, thanks, Christina, for stopping by. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks for your time, Neil. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and I'm excited to welcome the program, Julia Lewis. And you know what I wanted to talk about today is the kind of people that, you know, I've been talking about the great reset a bit. I've been talking about how people are sick and tired of what kind of jobs they're doing, things like this. I'm, I'm just feel underappreciated, under overworked, underappreciated. Well, Julia is here to help us through that muck and teach us specifically enough. You don't have to stand for that. If you're working a corporate job and it's just not the job for you, you want to move up that corporate ladder, the person you need to talk to is Julia. Julia, thanks for stopping by. How are you? 
Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. And so, no, no one has to stay there. You can't, you, your happiness is important because what can, when you're doing a job you don't like, you feel what, what could happen to you health-wise and things like that if you're doing something you don't enjoy? Well, there's a ripple effect and it, it, it actually impacts every part of your life. It impacts your relationships, it, whether it's with your kids or your family, even your coworkers. It impacts your health. When, you, when you're not happy, when you're not fulfilled, when you're not doing what you want to do, or you don't feel like you're valued, all of those things end up causing you to feel negative feelings internally. And when that happens, it just causes ripple effect across your whole life. And it can be, very, it can be devastating for people. It can definitely be devastating to the point of just health issues, things like that. So Julia, what should people do as a checklist today if they're going to work every day and they dread Mondays or they feel they're not making the money they should do? What strategies and tips do you, would you offer them in today's interview? You know, the first strategy and the first tip I would offer people is to just sit back and really think about, are they settling? And you can look at your own life and, and determine, you know, people get in such a rut that they just do it every day and they don't even realize how much they're dredging it. So the first thing that people should do is really just kind of step back and really think about what is it that isn't making them happy or right. are they happy, you know, but really assessing. And, and, and once people begin to assess, they begin to become aware. And when you're not aware of it, you can't change it. So awareness is, 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 is the first step in really understanding, am I really doing what I want to do? Uh, you know, how, how are these things impacting my life? Um, once people begin to assess and realize that they are settling, that they aren't doing what they want to do, um, a lot of times we as uh, employees, you know, kind of look at the external and say, well, it's because of this and it's because of that. Um, I coach people and talk to people about looking internally and really spending some time doing yes. what I call the three D's, which is defining, designing, and then deciding. So it's really defining what is it that you're not happy with and then designing what do you really want? Because if you're not clear, you're never going to get there. Once you've identified that, that this is what you want, you got to, you got to, you got to move with it, right? You can't just put it off. Yeah. You got to move with it. And that's that decision part. And you really have to make a decision about, do I want to make this change? You know, am I uncomfortable enough that I really want to make this change? Because if I am, and I make that decision, there's a, a, amazing things happen. Once we make a decision, there are just opportunities that open up that, that we didn't even see before because we were too busy blaming what was happening versus focusing on what we wanted to happen. Exactly. And so once you do that, but it's not as easy as that, right? There has to be resources. There has to be different things, especially if you're in the corporate world and you want to move up the corporate ladder, you want to go to a different company, but you have to have the skills necessary to do that. Once you finally realize the next step is really figuring it out, figuring out what steps I need to take, where do Absolutely. I- and, and, and a lot of that comes in, in kind of defining what you're not happy with and then designing what you really want. Because, you know, it's like when you go to a builder, right? You don't go tell the builder, I want a nice house. No. You tell the builder, I want three bedrooms, two bad. You know, I want a huge kitchen. I want to see, you know, you're very, very specific with it. And that's one of the mistakes a lot of people make. I'm just not happy here, but I don't really create or design what I want. I don't get very clear and specific about it. 
So I don't even know what skills, I don't even know what talents, I don't even know if I'm good or not because I, I, I'm not clear there. So it's a very important that all of us really just kind of step back and design and look at what is it that I really want? What's really gonna make me happy? Okay, based on all that, once you do that and you figure all that out, then you're gonna live the life you want. And do you have some stories of some people you've helped out do this stuff? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, it, it's amazing once people sit back and realize and become aware and realize that they're not doing what they want to do. Uh, there was a, a friend of mine um, who went through my program um, in uh, actually in, in Dallas um, and he was working at a, as a fitness person and he wanted to create his own fitness company, his own gym. He was a trainer um, and was able to actually work through it, um, did not have the money to do it. And he ended up getting a million dollar loan to build what he wanted by working through specific steps of clarity in terms of what do you want and how do you want it? Awesome. That's and the stories. Yeah. You know, and it's, and like I said, it's amazing because once you make that decision and you start focusing on what you want, all of a sudden opportunities will open up to you that you don't even realize are there when you're not focused on it. Well, that's important. People need to contact you, especially if they're in a rut. Julia, best place where they can go, where can they go? I find out more at julialewis.net. Appreciate it, Julia. Thanks for stopping by the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Neil. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to The Neil Haley Show, and when we talk about business, and you know, we talk about specifically enough boosting our business, I hear the topic, I hear the title, so I'm excited to welcome the program Janet Nichols, author of Business Boosts. Janet, thanks for calling. How are you? I'm terrific, Neil. How are you? Fantastic. So let's talk about your background, and we'll talk about why you wrote the book. Sure. Sure. I got into being an entrepreneur rather early in my career. I had a, a state job, which went south kind of quickly on me. I had an experience where I had to tell people information that was incorrect, and I was not at all cool with doing that. And so I sent a letter out that I had written without approval from either my supervisor or the district supervisor that went to the state capitol. <laughs> oh, and yeah. uh, it came back and they told me very nicely that we love the letter you wrote, but you can't change government on your own. It was a very, very strong lesson for me very early. And I knew at that point that I couldn't work for someone else. I had to do my own thing because that, that just wasn't, wasn't good. So I learned very early. I was uh, 22 years old when, when I learned that lesson. And that's kind of how my title has evolved over the years that I like to live life on my terms and I like to have control over what's going on. And so that is, that's where the chapter kind of came from. So we'll talk about the book, Business Boosts. Why, okay. write, why write it? You're, so you're an entrepreneur. You just decided, hey, you know what? I can't do this anymore. This is not, I want, I want to work for myself. So what kind of entrepreneurs are you speaking to in the book, Business Boosts? It really goes to mainly consultants, real estate agents, kind of solo entrepreneurs that 
just need to hear that that voice in their head that says, you know, I have the drive, I'm listening to the call, I can do this, and I can take control of my life. Okay, so no longer have to, so you really want the people that you speak to, to be people that you decided I'm done, the people that say I'm done, I can't work for corporate anymore. I'm done. I can't, I can't do the nine to five thing. I want to do something that makes me happy, passionate, makes me know I'm making a difference. And that's the kind of people you're looking to work with. Absolutely. They have kind of the same story you have. So when you talk about business boosts, you talked about one chapter in general that you're doing for a speaking engagement. I'm going to throw you into a different thing. If you chose another chapter to talk about, what would that chapter be? And you can kind of discuss that on the show today. What would it be? If I had to choose another chapter, it would be go, it would probably be around goal setting and just getting clarity on what it is that you, that you want to do. What is your personal message? What is your personal passion? Kind of, why are you here on the planet, what is it that you're here to do and, and to, to educate other people? I, I strongly believe that all of us have a personal mission to relate to the rest of the world that we have yes. through our, our life experience, a story to tell and a story that is not only interesting, but has life application. And we can learn so much from each other. And the saddest thing is for that message to not get out before we exit this planet. And we none of us know how much time we have. So it's, it's rather urgent that people get that across. So talking about goal setting and, uh, and, and setting that goal, what do you tell your clients in goal setting? So to kind of explain it, because we only have a few minutes, like first steps tips as an entrepreneur for goal setting, what do you recommend them they do? First is to get clear, ask yourself, what is, what is it that I want to accomplish? And then take the next step. What are the resources that I have? What would be the way to move forward? And also what obstacles might I face? I think it's easy to just write down things that you want to do but you need to go to the next step and say, okay, how do I accomplish this? Who do I know? What resources do I have? And what's going to stand in my way? And once you identify that, that's really the point where you make progress or don't. Because whatever obstacles are in your way, you can't stop. Ah, you have to. How do you identify those obstacles? Because we all have rose colored glasses we wear. We do. We do. Identifying that would be what, when, when you procrastinate, what, what are you kind of afraid of? What gives you pause? Okay. We're all good. We're all, it's all easy to move forward on the stuff that we enjoy, that we feel talented with. But the challenge is what gives you fear? What gives you pause? What causes you to procrastinate? And then to observe those obstacles and then work toward either delegating it to an outside source or yes. getting a coach and working through it. And that's really working through those and looking and identifying them and say, I just, I'll get to it. Right. 
One thing right. I, I want to, I'll keep doing the work because it makes it easy, right? I'll just keep being a solopreneur. Or another point is, uh, you know what? I don't want, I want to do it this certain way. I like to sell this way and I'm not going to sell another way. Well, guess what? Those are obstacles in your way from really getting to where you go because the experts say this is what works. And if they have a proven track record, why do you feel that your way is going to work over theirs when there's a proven method to do something? It's the, the, the it's right. not difficult to be successful in business. The problem is the obstacles that get in our way and identifying them and coming up to go through those obstacles. And that's what you do as a coach, right? Break, yeah. how break through those obstacles. You feel that that's the biggest issue as an entrepreneur is the obstacle. And it's a great, it's a great point for sure. Yeah. So based on that process, based on that, what would you, what would you say right now? You said you have to have clarity, focus, what, how can they identify those obstacles? What do you think? What, I, I think I give you some examples once. One is you don't, you want to keep doing the work instead of having someone else do it. You don't want to hire a coach. That's an obstacle. You don't want to, you don't want to try a specific strategy that's proven the work for everybody as an entrepreneur. Though, those are the obstacles. It's the blockages. It's not the, there, there's a clear path, but yet those things get in the way, right? They do get in the way. And a lot of it is, in my opinion, a little bit ego-based and also a little bit ownership-based. And what I mean by ownership is that when you're a creative person and you have a special gift, talent, information that you want to get out to the public, that's your baby. That is your creation. And as human beings, we tend to be very protective of that. Yes. And that is probably one of the biggest obstacles of being an entrepreneur is to trust either your own judgment or judgment of a mentor or a coach, someone outside yourself that can help you see that and say, okay, this is not your strength. We need to delegate this or we need to approach it from a different standpoint. Love it. Okay. So Janet, where's the best place we can find information on you and learn more about you and purchase your book, Business Boost? Where can we go? My website is actually fearlessfinanceforwomen.com. And you can reach me at that web address. Well, we appreciate it, Janet, for you coming by and you've nailed it. The obstacles, something to think about when we're creating goals. We always think the goal is going to happen. We're going to attain that goal. Did we look at those obstacles so we can just work, go through it? It's a cost analysis. It's a analysis of the, the, the risks versus the rewards. And when you're looking at those risks, take a look at those risks and really analyze solutions to those risks. So I appreciate you coming by. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate sure. it. You're welcome. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show. And we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show. And, you know, we talk about money management, another Another big issue. And Janet Ickes is going to explain things to us. And it's very interesting. The fact when we talk about money management, probably for couples, this is one of the biggest issues that causes divorce, breakups, everything, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know where we're going, but also how many people just don't know how to manage money, Janet? Exactly. And that's what I'm finding. And I think one thing that COVID absolutely brought to light was the fact that money management is a big issue and it's a big challenge. And it's really interesting because it's not just in personal, but it's also in business too. 
And I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs who struggle with that, but not only are they struggling in their business, we'll find that they struggle in their personal life too. And what ends up happening is that's a lot of the reason that some of these small businesses are failing. 82% of businesses are failing because they can't manage their money. And that's just crazy to me because bottom line is money doesn't spend itself. That doesn't definitely does not spend itself money. It's something where, you know, you cannot base, you basically got to manage it. You have to have some sort of plan of action. So what do we want to stick to more uh, entrepreneurs and how they manage your money? We're, we're, entrepreneurs. We're, we're, entrepreneurs. Let's okay. stick with the entrepreneurs yeah, and let's, really let's focus def- on let's, that. Let's definitely talk to that entrepreneur because entrepreneurs, a lot of times, especially if they got funding, right? They will buy exactly. the next shiny object. They'll get the funding, yet they don't know how to spend the money afterwards. Do you see that and a lot of times? I do. And that's a perfect point. And that's so often what the problem is, is that that little squirrel moment and that next shiny object is there and they're constantly grabbing that. And especially with that funding that made such a difference. It was a great help to the entrepreneurs, but it almost was a hindrance as well. And what I also found is a lot of the entrepreneurs struggled to get the funding because they didn't have the reports in place to do it. And the bottom line came back to, they didn't have the system in place to actually be able to track their information. So they didn't have any idea what their income was, their expenses were, reports that were required for that funding. So it ended up making it almost twofold of an issue by not having that system in place. So we want to stick. So there's so many topics we can talk about. So (laughs) I think honestly, the one that we're seeing a lot is the ones that are looking for angel investors, the ones that are looking for funding, either a loan or again, an angel investor. If you don't have your systems in place, even when you start the business, no one's going to give you money, are they? No, they're not. You've got to be able to prove if you need to get a loan or you need to get and be able to have some investors coming into you, you've got to show them what you're capable of. And you've got to be able to show what the business is capable of. And that requires financial reporting. And so often, so many of these small business owners, they don't even know where to begin, especially even if they're just starting out. They have no system in place, but that's the best time to get that system in place and get their arms around their money so they know exactly where it's going and they don't have to wonder where it went. All right, let's go steps involved in this. What do we do? Quick steps. We don't have a lot of time in this interview, but give us some quick, quick and easy steps for people to work on. Absolutely. I often get asked, what's the best system to use? And my answer is always the same. It's the one you're going to use. So where do we get started? What we can do is something that you can use. It's very, very simple. Get some kind of a tool, whether that's a software such as QuickBooks, whether that happens to be a spreadsheet, even as something as simple as pen and paper, get those numbers down on paper, whether, as I said, in whatever system or tool that you want to use. So if you use a system such as QuickBooks and you have that software that's available, every single transaction from income to expenses is put down into that system. That way you can allow the system to generate the reports you need very simply, very quickly. And the cool thing is you don't actually have to add hours to your day if you have the right system in place. Uh, once you get that system in place, you can invoice, you can do everything, you can exactly. track it, you can show reports, and that's what investors are looking for. They want to see the reports. They want to see the charts. They want to see the graphs. But it mm-hmm. does take time, Janet. So if you're a solopreneur and you're doing everything, it's going to be really tough to take that time to do it. And that's what I hear so many entrepreneurs saying. It's just too overwhelming. I disagree with that. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be crazy. And it just 
but it does need to be simple. I didn't say easy. I almost caught myself doing that because so many entrepreneurs come back and say, I need an easy system. Mm, it's not no, easy. I'm not, not going to say that it is. Nothing but good it is. It can be simple. But nothing good not is easy. But, but ultimately, it can be done. And that's the thing. Is once you get that system in place, it's game on. So that's one step. What are the other types of stuff you need to do when you're managing that business from there? I so encourage folks, and it's crazy as it sounds, if you actually take it and chunk it down to the little, they always say to eat an elephant, you eat it one bite at a time. I encourage folks to do the same thing when it comes to money management. I encourage them to actually take time, schedule a weekly meeting with yourself. People think I'm crazy, but here's why. If you actually schedule the time with yourself, you can actually each week figure out what day works for you. Then you can start making sure all your transactions are in place. Once all those transactions are in place, guess what? Once a month, you can actually analyze those transactions and get them into reporting. So now maybe you're taking a half an hour each week. I'm thinking your business is worth that. And maybe an hour each month. It's not a lot of time if the right system is in place and the right tools in your tool belt. I love it. It's that that's the big key component is having the get schedule that time and schedule that time will make you really understand your business, understand the ins and outs. If you're losing money, spending too much money in certain things. And then when those angel investors or the bank ask you, well, how how, you're asking for a half million dollars, well, show me that in reports of how you're going to turn that into a million, or you're going to be able to pay back that, pay back that loan. And if you can't explain that, they're not doing it, are they? No, they're not. And that's what this, by simply doing something as simple as that, taking that time. But the bottom line is you got to be committed. You've got to make the choice. And if you make the choice to be successful, then you can start looking at these reports and actually making good educated decisions to make the difference. Because so, it's a proactive approach because money doesn't spend itself. So I always exactly. like to come back to that. <laughs> so that's perfect. So best place people can find information on you, Janet, is go where? JanetIkis.com. So it's just my name, JanetIkis.com. I'd love to share some information. I even have a guide out there to discover some money that you didn't even know you had. And then ha- when you have that process in place, you, mm-hmm. you have some good stories to tell or do you have a, a, without saying names of people you've worked with that help get them to that step and level to what they're going. It has been amazing. I mean, we talked about some loans and being able, I had several clients that, especially with COVID and having to go with the funding, they just didn't know what to do. The cool thing was I was actually able to help them make sure we use QuickBooks. We were able to turn it around and we were able to have them be able to do those reports and they were actually able to successfully secure the funding and even better yet, secure their forgiveness afterward. Fantastic. We appreciate you uh, coming by. Everyone needs to check you out and thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great time. Thank you. Take care. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show and... A couple of people I ended up interviewing the last two years for this event, and it's so great. And uh, it's funny. Now I find out that Dr. Terry follows me on Clubhouse. Go figure. And he never messaged me, never DM me on Instagram. So he has to learn. That's the strategy. You got to DM on Instagram. <laughs> you got to D- you got to put the you direct message on. Oh, I'm not. I still haven't ever answered my ones from Clubhouse. Instagram's so much easier. I don't like the DM feature on Clubhouse, but I have Dr. Terry. And Christine Wager, guys, thanks for coming on and appreciate it for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having us. We really appreciate being here. We love you. I follow you uh, pretty much every platform you're on. So love your show. 
So, but you never see, this is going to be tip number one for people listening. He tells me this, he was on my show a year ago. You guys were on my show a year ago, but Terry is net. Dr. Terry's never reached out to me with a DM. I would. No, I did. I did DM you. I did. Okay. okay. I was clubhouse and evidently it didn't work as well okay. as it should. No, I, that's Instagram, Instagram. We check our mail. So clubhouse doing that hurt things because I mean, I have a fl- over flooded. I'll be going back to t- check that DM very soon. So let's go to talk about you guys and congratulations. You told me the growth of your company since a year ago. And I'm going to first say congratulations. I love hearing. And you are business consultants. You help businesses that are a million dollars or more, and you're teaching them to grow their business. And how did you guys get together in this way? It's kind of even a review from last year that you created this business. Tell us. Well, really, I was in my own consulting firm after I walked away from mental health psychology. Um, I had some background in organizational psych. And so I just moved that way because I liked the business people that I was working with, getting rid of stress and, and trying to figure out. They came in for stress and I found myself talking more about business strategy with them. So I just moved that way while Christine was actually working at Starbucks. And so as Christine was working at Starbucks and I was moving into consulting world, she was talking about not liking how uh, Starbucks was running. And I said, come work with me. And so she did. I think, and that's, it's in building a team that you find the growth. And so I was building teams with Starbucks. I mean, you talk about growth over 30 years. Yeah, I was there for 18 years while they were growing. Now it's 50. Um, but that's really what it's about. It's complementing for growth. And that's what we help businesses do as they're growing. And see, I love seeing how you guys work as a couple and working together. That's the big thing. I, uh, there was a topic earlier today on the show that talked about successful entrepreneurs need to have that support. They have to have that support feature for success or they won't or that significant other won't work out because an entrepreneur is a totally different animal than anything else. Because I said, you'll get the phone calls at 10 o'clock at night. You'll have the, the late night meetings and then you'll have the days where you're starting work at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's just part of that entrepreneur's lifestyle. But when you're helping people, Dr. Terry, manage that business and grow that business, what tips would you give businesses right now to grow? Especially, again, we're in this kind of yeah. back... You know, it's, it's funny because when we go into a business, a lot of time there, there's, there's not a clear communication of, of what everybody's thinking. And so one person is saying one thing, another person is saying another, and there's not that clarity. And so the first thing is really get clear um, and think about making sure that everybody has the same vision and everybody is on board with what direction they're going. Because when one department is doing one thing and another department is doing another, you create silos instead of actually working together. That's so true. And it's kind of like you're looking at specifically how everything's run, right, Christine, especially you working in with Starbucks world, you learned that an organization successful has the employees around them, but also the management around them for success, right, and growth. Yeah, 100%. It's about the leadership and the leadership coming together and inspiring the team. If there isn't that inspiration, that transfer of inspiration, then it just kind of people show up. It becomes very hourly rather than having the vision and the impact that they can have for the people on their team, as well as the customers on the other side of the counter. It's really the full picture where the growth is and having the vision, the go-to, the, that North star, it's amazing how when it's missing that it causes the drama 
and the, the people stepping away and not enrolling in, in the movement forward. And that's the secret of growth is having the clarity, or at least that's what we found. And every time we walk clients through, there's like this aha moment. Yes. And then we stop, step away and they're like, well, what does, if you were to look at your vision, does it come back to that? And they're like, oh, shucks, you guys got me again. Exactly. And so Dr. Terry, when you look at this process of having Christine and looking at businesses and growth, what is, you've grown as you talked about, but I think they needed you more and more effect to the great reset. And so many people are becoming entrepreneurs and don't want to work for other people now. So keeping those employees happy and making sure that they're productive and the mentality and the culture is happening is only opportunity for growth. So it's really that administration. It's the structure of the organization, not just the bottom line of the owner or management, right? Yeah, Neil, that's, that's totally true. One of the things that, um, uh, Patrick Lincioni talks about is when there's anonymity and basically not knowing your people and not really connecting with your people, it, it breeds indifference. And so one of the major things is really getting to know your people and getting to understand your people and giving them some kind of relevance to why they're doing what they're doing. Because if they're just sitting there pushing a button or they're just sitting there uh, doing something over and over, but they don't have any reason why, then they stop doing it. And that's what the vision's all about. That's what the mission's all about. And that's what enrolling people moving forward's all about. So Christine, when you talk about the vision, I, I just keep bringing it up. I don't remember if you told me that last time, Christine, that you were a Starbucks. You look at an organization that has a brand, has the culture, people that work at Starbucks are happy to be there. The, the way the system, the order of how they, from ordering the coffee to having orders to moving the system through has really not gotten hurt even with COVID. What is, what is that magic elixir that then why hire you guys because of that expertise to make sure that that culture can come to their business? Yeah. The culture is, you've nailed it. It's about the culture and the collaborative effort and the innovation. Like, I think that was one of the things at Starbucks, they call them partners. They're not employees. They're not team members. They are partners. Howard Schultz had the vision of the partners, the heart of it, of inspiring and who inspires best. It's the, the, um, the partners that are in front of the customers and hearing, oh, well, why don't you do mobile order? You know, a lot of that came from the customers and then people listening on the chain. So it's putting the systems in place that people can share what is going on with them. Um, having round tables in their leadership, having um, you know the customer voice piece, um, managers working on the floor, not just behind the counter, regular visits from the DM. It's they're living in the moment, living, how can we make this an even greater experience for the team, for the customers, as well as the bottom line, so we can grow and bring more people in and expand the brand. That's fantastic. And Dr. Terry, what would be the last tip for a business right now, especially earning a million dollars more to build that culture? What would you say? I think the right action. And, and when, when you get organized, like Christine was talking about, and you hear all of this feedback, take action on it. Do something different than what you've been doing before. Because so many times we work with businesses and they're like, well, we're just doing this. And then they want to do more of it instead of step back and take different action. Very interesting. Best place we can find info on you guys. Where can we go? Yeah. Uh, generatorcc.com is our website. 
Awesome. And uh, we can definitely check you. Uh, we could check out Dr. Terry on Clubhouse. I never, I never knew <laughs> he did DM me, so I'm gonna have to go back and answer that DM. But <laughs> go, go figure what, uh, how, what's gonna be the next greatest thing in a year, right? If Clubhouse was the great thing before we started in October last year, I wish we would have known about it in November. I'd be sitting here maybe even in a bigger position than I am even more now because we, we would have been the first to the table in the party in November. We don't know what the next big social media platform is. I wish I knew it now. When, like when you find it, we'll DM you. Oh, yeah, you'll DM me. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll make sure I answer that. So I appreciate you guys <laughs> stopping by and we'll be in touch, okay? All right. Thank you I'll very much. We'll see, we'll see you, Neil. So yeah, you're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Neil Haley Show, and I'm excited to welcome the program, Barbara Menino. Uh, Barbara, thanks for stopping by, and the topic today we're going to talk about is the power of story through writing and copywriting, because I think that a writer is the first foot in the door in a business for an opportunity. You basically, people are not picking up the phone and calling people anymore. The first impression is through writing things that tell a story. So people want to reach out. So I appreciate you coming by. Well, I want to tell you, I'm very happy to be here. So let's kind of talk about your experience level and then we'll get right into the power of story through writing. We've talked about always the star uh, power of story through words and speaking, but writing, as I said, is one of the most powerful mediums to get people to engage with you. Totally. Words matter. And I've been at this and honing my craft for more than 25 years. I've done journalism for financial trades, I wrote for Fox Business News, and I've been published in Entrepreneur. And I've also done marketing for Fortune 500 companies. And in all of that, and even if you take it back to high school and college, I've been writing stories. And that's, the news is completely stories, right? If oh, totally. The, the, the hottest news story is based on, first of all, what? A hot title right some a hot subject matter so like you for example, it. something that when we scroll through facebook or we scroll through linkedin or we go ahead and, and are reading a newspaper or magazine the first thing or uh, see an article online the first thing we look at is the title of that what is going to engage us to click on it right absolutely right. agree totally that's the real hook that gets a person to read on to that first paragraph. And that too is a hook that gets them to read on to the rest of the piece. What do you think sometimes business, com business owners and solopreneurs make a mistake on when it comes to copy ad writing? Uh, especially let's just talk about just blogs or information on their website. Those are the two key components to the beginning phases. We're not talking about social media, we're not talking about email marketing. We're not talking about our, our right even kind of brochures. We're talking about the simple first thing that you see in a business. For me, I think it's that they become intimidated. And I get that. There was a time when I was daunted by marketing too. But then I had this aha that if I looked to life, if I looked to my life experiences, there was this great connect between life and business. There were lessons to be learned that I could impart to my business, lessons that made what I was talking about 
relatable to the people who are listening. So my theme is to encourage people to draw on life. And in that way, it makes marketing more natural, not only for them, but for the people who are reading and listening because they can relate to what the entrepreneur is saying. The copy 